Yeah, so we've touched on the limited correspondence you've had with the, the AFL. Um, what about in terms of clubs and supplies? I'd imagine that it would probably vary from team to team. You've probably got a few people inside clubs or at suppliers who might help you yeah. out, whether you want to touch on that. More clubs than suppliers. Yep. Uh, I generally don't have much to do with, unless I'm connected with them, like unless someone at the club level connects me to the guy from, well, it doesn't matter, the manufacturer. Uh, so, or, or I was trying to sneak you Brisbane Lions stuff to make your life easier for a couple of years. We can bring it up if you'd like. Uh, <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it at the time. So, yes, thank you very much. Uh, so, yes, and you would have been one of the few. Um, well, I don't know, Seekham and Adidas have also given me artwork over the journey. Uh, but in both cases, I've been introduced to them mm-hmm. by somebody at club level who said, oh, just talk to this guy, he'll help you out. Yeah. Uh, the guy who used to do the AFL record, Jeff Slattery, mm-hmm. has been really good. He's a self-professed fan of the website. Well, um, I guess a lot of history, people that love the history of the game yeah, tend to gravitate to to the site and and you know it's good for old memories and it's oh I remember when we used to be when we used to be a good team and stuff like that. So Jeff being well connected in the AFL has given me some great contacts. And so uh, the AFL have helped me out specifically over the indigenous, let's call them the indigenous jumpers. There is some Doug so Doug Nichols round, but they get used so much more than just that round now that it's pointless calling them the Sir Doug Nichols round jumpers if they're yeah used five or six times a year. Uh, those jumpers, obviously, they're a little more complex, no, significantly more complex than, you know, black with a red sash. And so I've been able to get some assistance, sometimes with original artwork, sometimes it's just a large graphic that I can then go and trace, a large photo of the jumper, for example, yep. or a large JPEG that I can just go and trace. Yep. So uh, I actually remember when I was doing the lines, um, obviously trying to help you out like I, like I always would, but um, I remember going to you and saying, oh, Rob, they want to put the, the Brisbane Lions watermark on the, uh, on the lines, Guernsey, and I hate it and they won't have it any other way. Can you jump on big footy and try and start a movement? And uh, which which you did, but unfortunately we were unsuccessful in in keeping that no, watermark they're off. So. Still doing it, aren't they? They they they're still wearing them last night. Yeah, like I just don't understand it. And I mean, it's back to the what the Puma days of the nineties. They were doing that. But realistically, since they've had the the new polyester jumpers, yeah, you know, since yeah. they've been able to, they've been doing it. It seemed different back then. I, I'm not sure it was sublimated or it was sort of woven, like a, a weave on the fabric. Oh, it was stamped. No, it was stamped. Stamped. Um, you, you got the, yeah, so the the sublimated material came out and it just got pounded with the old AFL logo. So it's embossed. So, yeah, embossed. like a slight embossing. That's the right word, embossed, yeah. I, I think that's more palatable and sort of creative than just a cheap sublimated opacity oh, yeah. over the top. That's yeah, just yeah. me. I mean, back in those days, they sewed on the logos, they sewed on the numbers and yeah, and they had that embossing to it. Now the whole thing's just printed, sewn together, collar and cuffs out the door. Yeah. Unless you were Carlton a few years ago and they just had the dyed fabric and heat sealed all the logos on, which inevitably oh, fell off, which was just yeah. horrible. And they um they had that special jumper for uh, Cade Simpson was it Cade Simpson yeah Cade Simpson three hundred and all the three hundreds came off so some yep. of them just had zero some yep. of them had two zeros oh famous just, photo of him being carried off in his three hundredth game and he's he's got a zero underneath his che- <laughs> underneath his chest rather than a three hundred yeah, so yeah well, well done nice just, just just came off just peeled off because it was yeah yeah um just so, ridiculous. Have you ever reached out to a club or or anyone uh, for assistance and basically been told to rack off or you don't yep. need to name clubs or? Yep. Oh, I don't mind naming them. Um, yeah, number of them. Uh, yep. Hey, I mean, I mean, the, the first is they just ignore you. You know, you yep. send an email, you send a letter. Uh, I'll change the names to protect the innocent. Steve from X Club suggested I get in contact with you because he said you were the guy. 
I do the footyjumpers.com. I want to make it as accurate as possible. Do you have the original artwork that I could use? Obviously, I'll say, sign a disclaimer, you know, a clause to say I won't release it and I won't use it in any other way, et cetera, et cetera. Crickets. Crickets. I get that. Yep. yep. Uh, another time, I got a phone number to call a guy. This is the guy. You need to talk to him. I called him and said, you've just, you've got this Aboriginal art jumper. It's incredible. It's one of the first jumpers before every other club was doing it. So that's going to narrow it down to two. Um, and, you know, I was told by your historian, a friend of mine from the Football Heritage Group, that you're the guy I need to speak to. And I, I want to get as right as possible. Uh, you know, do you think he could help me out? Nah, we're happy with it as it is. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, well, it's not very good. It's like, nah, that's fine. Yeah, that's okay. Disappointing. <laughs> I, yeah. I, I, I suspect that there'd be uh, almost every club and, and then suppliers as well would lean on your website when it comes to, you know, coming up with, you know, whether it be heritage designs or this and that. Um, is that, have you found that to be the case? Have you ever? Oh, yeah, have you ever, certainly caught wind of a club that's that's done this and you can sort of pinpoint that they've done it but you know without ever coming through you or anything like that um oh these days they're more inclined to just contact me um yeah yeah, so uh, i remember well one of the stories with that it's the bulldogs were doing a um they were doing their heritage jumpers and the the lady from the footy heritage group you know, got in contact with me and says, we want to get this right. And and I explained to her that I took a jumper, put, you know, pasted it into Illustrator, got the size of what a jumper, the outline of the whole size of a jumper, then measured where the stripes or where the bands would be. And therefore it's as far as I'm concerned, it's exact to what that jumper looked like because I basically traced the jumper and then I expanded it and, and now, and so you know, this is back in the days where they had a collar, you know, around where the neck goes, but then they also had a flap collar. Yep. And so I explained to her that the collar was red at the top where the flap part was, and then the part around your neck was white. And so they actually went and made the collar red at the top and white at the bottom because now they just have the V collars. Mm-hmm. Yep. And But they were arguing with each other because the collar's white. No, nah, the collar's red. And they were both looking at my the same images on my website as ammunition to argue with each other. <laughs> it's red. No, it's not. It's white. And so that's how they settled on the red top and the white underneath. And then they ended up using it for their home jumper for the next couple of seasons. So yeah, that wow. same red and white collar. So we're talking the collar banding, the banding that goes around, exactly. actually yeah. around the neck versus if you're wearing a polo and you can Correct. pop your collar. Correct. We're talking, yes, yep. So you're calling it the banding? That, that um, yeah, banding yes. might banding. Well be the right yep. terminology. So yep. banding is what was white, the collar was red. Or now trim. they, yep. yeah, so now they only have the banding. And so what they did was they made the top half of it red and the bottom half of the banding white to represent the fact that they wore collars in the past. Uh, so, yeah, so we've had some of that. Uh, try to think the I think Richmond I think have used some of my stuff they've they've given my artwork to designers uh, for different jumpers and yep. different graphics that I've had and I've just you know given them to the club to you know, just shared images like um, the original VFL logo I don't mm-hmm. think they had a copy of that, and so yeah, I'm a well. I mentioned earlier, I'm a bit of a hoarder. Well, I hoard things in my bedroom, but I also hoard things um, on my PC, and so I've got collections of old stuff, old logos, and you know, so forth, tents and whatever. Do I remember hearing from you that you had a hard drive corruption issue at oh, one stage? I did. I did. Yes, the devastating hard drive uh, that happened. In 2012, 2011, 2012, and I lost everything that I'd had from 1996 
in wow. terms of graphics. You know, all that, that's where all those old paint things died. Um, I had a, a template that I was going to use for the uniforms but hadn't got to yet. Um, bunch of stuff. Anyway, it, I didn't get it uh, most didn't get it back but um different people had <laughs> the good thing with being generous with this stuff or loose with this stuff is i could then go back to people and say you know that file i sent you do you think i could get it back and, <laughs> yeah, yeah sure so yeah so i got a lot of stuff back that way um in a lot of respects i just recreated some of the old jumpers um it it took a lot less time redoing them after having done them the first time and losing them to then redoing them and you know well a i had the the gif files to trace over but yeah it was a lot quicker doing it the second time than the first time yeah brilliant so um a lot of a lot of our listeners may not even be aware of big footy and the, the the particular forum for which uh you know a lot of this is stemmed from which is the, the footy jumpers and graphic design mm. forum yeah um that is how i likely came to know of you i know that that's a community that's still going um you know when did you first stumble across those guys and and you know they've really embraced you um you know how much support have yeah. you gotten from 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 that oh, community it's been fantastic yeah well as i mentioned earlier that's my people you know people that are as into this as i didn't think anybody else would be um you know like i was uh yeah, and, and the sort of weird details that people get into, you know, ah, that's the wrong font on the, you know, Don Smallgoods logo there. And it's like, that's that's awesome. That's that's what I would have said. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, just stuff like that. So, you know, I saw a lady, she was making um, footy cards and she's using the, I think it was the 1991 Stimarol template. And I was like, no, you see, that's a, they they used avant-garde, bold, condensed. That's not. And, and I think if she, you know, she posted that on Big Footy, eight people would have said the same thing. Oh, you got the wrong font there, lady. You've, uh, yeah. So I just showed her where to download it <laughs> so she can use it instead of Arial or whatever she's, you know, whatever that's... she's using. But, yeah, it's just those little detaily bits that I'm, was always interested in and I find people on that site are the same, you know, yep. and stuff That's that it. I've missed, you know, too. Um, uh, the game where both sides wore white shorts, for example, mm-hmm. uh, Port Adelaide and Hawthorne both wore white shorts in, I think it was about 2000. Yep. So I didn't know that that was a thing and, and then got told that was a game both teams wore white shorts. Oh, where's this? Do research, find out, you know, go through. That was the season that was 2000 and there's this snippet from the game and, yep, both both sides wore white shorts. That shorts policy, I, I mean, I'm, I think that's a podcast episode in itself that we probably oh, need to come beauty. back to. But is there actually a shorts policy or is it a, a kind of a guideline that seems to be well, broken a fair bit? The problem is there is a policy. It's just that they don't adhere to it um, or they choose to ignore it at any given time. Depending on so, which teams it is and how big up the pecking order yeah. they are? Well, sometimes, well there's, there's exceptions to the policy. So the policy is that each team has a dark uniform and a light uniform and... The, the home team gets to decide which uniform they would like to wear. Now, traditionally, teams have worn coloured shorts at home and white shorts away from 1924 to, well, 1985 was the first year they really just said, well, just wear whatever you like. Um, and then it's been, oh, no, we're going back to white shorts, now we're going to coloured shorts and so on. Um so that's been the rule. So realistically, Geelong and North Melbourne are supposed to be wearing their white shorts with their white home jumpers and their socks, that whatever they choose to wear with that. But then for no real reason, they'll just have North Melbourne in blue shorts playing against Richmond who don't, wear, don't have white in their uniforms at all for absolutely no reason. Whereas North Melbourne who wear white and blue are wearing blue shorts against yeah Richmond. It's so, but, well, 
that yeah, there's there's a policy. They just don't adhere to their policy. And when I you think, say sorry, Kit, you go you go, Mason. When you say they, is it the is it AFL. the club, the, the no. AFL? Yeah, on a Tuesday, the AFL sent a fax. Well, it used to be a fax. Sorry, today, fax. <laughs> sorry. It yeah. used to be a fax. My dad, I mean, I'd, my dad used I'd to love get if it was still a fax, by the way. If they're sure, sure. Right. Yeah, they get a carrier pigeon, they shimmy in the arms, thanks, Colin. My dad used to get the fax, but uh, now it's a, an email. And the email comes in and it says, this is what you're wearing uh, on your game is on Friday night. It's at the MCG. You'll be wearing your home jumper with black shorts and home socks. So the and AFL is making the call. Yes. And it's not yes. a season-wide thing. It's not at the start of the season when the when the draw's locked in. They actually go through and list the entire... Week by week. Yep, week, week by, by week. week. Yep, so week by week you get an so email. So the Lions won't know what uniform... Well, they will because... They, know, will. They, they will. They will. But Melbourne. some teams won't know what they're wearing until the Tuesday before they play. Uh, well, they'll have already put in their requirements. That They'll have already said, uh, well, this is Anzac round. We've got a special Anzac jumper. And then the mm-hmm. AFL record that in some place. And then the email comes out and says, you're wearing your Anzac jumper with your white shorts and your home socks mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, yeah, whatever that combination is. Indigenous round jumper, white shorts, white socks. And so that that comes to each club. The property manager then uses that to pack his kit of to of each jumper. Yeah, and that way, if West Coast are coming to Melbourne, they'll know, well, they only have to pack this many jumpers instead of more than that. And that was why West, uh, that was why, uh, that white two white shorts thing happened because it was the the very week that the AFL decided if a team's got white in their uniform they'll wear white shorts if their opposition team has no white in their uniform Essendon Hawthorne Melbourne uh, uh, who else Adelaide Brisbane they don't have white in their uniform so the concept was all of those teams irrespective of where they're playing a team with white in their uniform, they'll wear the coloured shorts and the team with white in their uniform will wear white shorts. Well, apparently Hawthorne had already packed their gear and they were planning on wearing white shorts as the away team, but then that policy came in and Port Adelaide obviously got the memo in time. They They wore the white shorts that the AFL instructed them to, but Hawthorne didn't pack their white shorts and so... They wore, they, sorry, they didn't pack their brown shorts, so they wore their white shorts. So both teams ended up in white shorts. That week they stayed in Adelaide and then they played the Crows the next weekend. So that was the, the reasons behind it. I know in the NRL where it really comes unstuck is um, obviously the teams that their home kit is paired with white shorts. Yeah. Uh, you know, Warriors. Uh, whether it's the Warriors or the the Roosters or you know Bulldogs have a white a white jersey with coloured shorts, it's that sort of thing which just sends the NRL into into a frazzle and you right. know you get shocking uh, shocking clashes as, as a result of it. So, um, do you think it's an outdated policy that's just seemed to have duck around? You know, yeah. when we talk about black and white TV, so you'd have a a, a dark. Um, dark coloured team and a light coloured team. Like I know that red gets thrown around a bit now with a few of those teams that just have red shorts. Like, do you think that there's actually a need to have this whole white dark um, uniform policy going forward? I don't mind. I think the the problem is that we've had this traditional mentality that the home team was dark shorts, irrespective of what their their jumper and their socks are, they wear dark shorts. And the away team wear white shorts, irrespective of what else they're wearing, they wear white shorts. So so when Essendon plays St Kilda, Essendon are red and black, St Kilda are red, white and black, and then you add white to the Essendon uniform makes absolutely no sense. Mm. It may have in 1924, but today it makes, you know, in 2022 it doesn't make any sense. Um, plus the other thing is 
shorts were so much longer back in those days too. So there, it was a real point of differentiation. Uh, Below guess, the knees, right? Well, well, at least to the knees, yeah. Uh, yeah. But, um, well, originally, yes, they were, um, what do they call them? Knickerbockers. So they came, yeah. uh, knickerbockers came below the knee. And then you're going to the 1910s and 20s and they were like at the knee. They came to just on, above the knee. And then the 1930s, I think um, Hayden Bunton was one of the first players to really wear what they called short shorts, but that was more the end of his calf muscle. You know, it was like three or four inches higher than his kneecap, and that was seen as a little bit racy and a little bit uh, leery in the 1930s. And then obviously in the 1970s, you know, and, and the 80s and Warwick Capper and so forth, well, they almost didn't wear shorts. They were halfway <laughs> up their butt crack. But uh, so, yeah, I think, um, what is it, the the body is seven heads, you know, like your head is one size and if you go down two of those, that's about the size of your body and then another one is about the size of your thighs. and so. In terms of how much space is actually taken with uniform, the socks are now about a third the size of, of height because they're ankle socks now or calf-length socks, not full length. Mm. Shorts are half the size that they used to be. The jumpers are made of a material that reflects light. And so, you know, night games, jumpers are reflecting light more. Um, more vivid. So, yes. So re- reading between the lines, uh, you're saying the solution is those Essendon Lycra uh, designs <laughs> that were, bring them up, mate. <laughs> were thrown around. What was it, the early 90s, I think? I think? I think the main thing we found out of that was which members of the team were Jewish and which were not. <laughs> <laughs> mate, if that was me, I'd be asking the kit manager for an extra pair of socks because they'd be going oh. straight down into the, <laughs> the crutch area. Well, yeah, I think Johnny Barnes was one of them. Kieran yes. Spawn, Andrew yep. Manning, was that the other one? Yeah. Yep. So, um, that, uh, you'll have yeah, to well, share that. that. Oh, you'll have to share it. I'm, share it on Insta, yeah. Yeah, I'm playing no part of that. <laughs> good grief. That's, was that a, uh, a shady? Family-oriented. Uh, was that a shady so, initiative or? Oh, who not? Probably. Um, yeah. I mean, realistically, it is the material that we use today. That is the sublimated material that they made those from. Right. But yep. it was sort of because they were they were starting to make soccer jerseys out of that in the UK, and that's how you had all the, the crazy designs in the UK. But they couldn't make it like... Um, I guess it's the thickness of the material, but it just wasn't strong enough to withstand tackling and so forth. And so they said, well, let's make the whole kit out of it. And, you know, you'll never tackle anybody wearing one of these. Well, you just you wouldn't want to touch them. No. So it's kind of reminiscent in, in, uh, in what Kathy Freeman won her gold medal in, in the yeah, 2000s. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And let's just say it was far more flattering on her. Absolutely, Rob. Are you, what the, um, oh, you going, uh, Nick? Mid two thousands, just the Cameroon national football team as well had their like lycra singlet that was a one piece connected yeah, right. to their shorts. Right. Um, it's it's all probably the same sort of idea. The same. Yeah. yeah came out of the same warped mind, but uh, well, obviously, it didn't take off, and really, it was never going to because. You couldn't get around like that. No, especially not if you're a bloke like me or someone like Lance Whitnell in the AFL. If uh, they wouldn't sit, <laughs> imagine <laughs> wouldn't sit well on the love handles. I can tell you that. Oh, gee, yeah. Rob, yeah. my my favourite solution to the the whole clash clash concept is something which I've seen you throw up from time to time, and I'd imagine it's tongue in cheek, but a, a fluorescent yeah, fluorescent more... pink or a, a fluorescent green fluorescent or green. just. Yep. yep. Yeah. So that that can be the punishment to you know not well, adequately providing a clash option is that you get something so outrageous that you know maybe you think well, twice I the think following the, season. I mean, we we make it sound like the, the the AFL really wants to do something about it because if they did actually want to do something about it, that, that's what they would do. They'd have a 
jumper in a non-club colour, you know, like you talked about Chelsea. Well, Chelsea have an away strip and it's not royal blue. And Arsenal, which is my turn, they have an away strip and it's either, well, they'll win it this year. Yellow and blue one year. Sky blue and navy the next. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Rightio. (laughs) You made me giggle now. You're just saying, you're just going crazy, crazy talk. Um, So they have an away strip. And it's nothing like red with white sleeves because generally they're wearing it when they're playing a team who wears red. So, you know, Essendon, for example, if they were absolutely serious about it, they would have something in a non-club colour. Now, the only problem with that is the AFL have realised that jumpers in non-club colours don't sell. You know, Which so- is interesting because... In the UK and exactly. European football, they do sell. Yeah, and that's and because people have, people have gotten used to the idea that Arsenal's away kit is yellow or blue. Or whatever, blue. yeah. Yeah, and um, whatever it might be, you know, whatever that colour is, that's it's known as that's their away strip colour. And so I think there is an opportunity to grab something like lime green or sky blue although the Giants should have worn it in the first place, but that's a different argument. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the, yeah, yeah so that, that opportunity to say, right, lime green, that's ours. We'll be lime green. That will be our away strip. Not going to look like anybody unless you say Canberra Raiders. It's, it's theirs, and somebody could do that. Now, what they do instead is they create more of pretty much the same because it's safe. Tiptoe around and do a half mm. half a job, basically. So, yeah, Rob, you're yeah. you're an Essendon supporter. Mm. Are you saying you'd like to see a, a better effort in terms of avoiding that clash from clubs like Essendon and Collingwood at, at the uh, at the at the the trade off well, of keeping to a tradition? Well, I'm also a traditionalist, but realistically, Essendon have wandered so far away from their tradition that it's irrelevant at this point. Like they wear each year, they wear a, a jumper with a sash made of. It's not a sash; it's it's poppies arranged yep. in the shape of a sash. Uh, you know, they've had a seat belt. Seat they've belt. had one year. They've had a sheaf of wheat. Another year in the country game. Yeah, they've wandered so far away from it that it's it's become irrelevant. And you can't any uh, marketing position, anything that said we've been the same since somewhere in the early 1890s where Essendon was black with a red sash, that position, you know, if you said, if you wanted to have a, an insurance company that said, well, we want to align ourselves with something that's unchanging, that's, you know, the Rock of Gibraltar type thing, we want to say this is unchanging, it's always been the same. Well, you know what, Essendon have been black with a red sash for 130 years, you can align yourself with that. But that's gone now because... Mm. They wear a sheaf of wheat and a thing, and you know they sell them on the club website. If they win, they sell them. If they don't, they they give them away almost. Correct. Yeah. Well, I mean, in my opinion, uh, we're a dinky little competition playing a dinky little sport that no one else does in a dinky little country. You know, nowhere near anyone else, but we seem to get so precious over over some pretty sim- silly things. Like I'm all for tradition and stuff like that. Yeah, we get precious, but then. That is some of that is what makes footy great. Yes, that that it is the most passionate thing. You know, um, I remember um, Jim Steins. I was hosting a, a night, and Jim Steins was one of the guest speakers, and he was talking about you know he's he was a Catholic, and growing up he wasn't allowed to talk to Protestants. Protestant girls definitely out because they'll be you know misbehaving and whatever, and and that was how he grew up. And he he came out to Australia, and you know he's like. He's talking at a party and he said, you know, what are you, what, are you a Catholic or a Protestant? Oh, we're the one with the bird. What's the one with the bird? <sighs> well, what are you talking about? You've got to know if you're a Catholic or a Protestant. No, not really. I said, so what are you doing in Australia, Jim? He says, oh, I'm playing footy. I'm going to play footy for Melbourne. Oh, oh, well, then can't really, that's it. I'm dead. You're dead to me. <laughs> because that was, that's our religion. You know, that's what we're actually passionate about. And so, yeah, we're going to get passionate about the history of our teams and um, what they look like, who plays for us, what the opposition supporters said about us and all those things. And that's, yeah, it's it, it's a weakness in some respects, but it, it's a strength as well. 
I mean, for me, I like the traditions and the history of the game, but I also recognise that they're, they're being watered down to an extent that they're not quite irrelevant, but they're less so. Yep. All right. Um, so I've got a couple more questions relating to footyjumpers.com and then I've we've sort of got question. some more quick fire. Another question. One of you guys got a question? Uh, I, I was, I was going to ask um, while we're in that traditional space around new teams. So you, you mentioned the Giants just before and the Gold Coast Suns as well. And there's yeah. you know, a little bit of buzz about Tasmania potentially down the line. Um, it, more just, I guess, your, your perspective on the release of those, their branding, their colours, their designs, and, and I find well, it's quite difficult for a, for a modern team to come into a competition and try and align themselves into a competition that has a very traditional theme sure. around it. Yeah, you don't fair. think that they've been executed very well? No. Um, I was going to say, my mum always told me, if you don't have anything nice to say, don't say anything. So it's going to be a very empty podcast if we're going to talk <laughs> about the Suns and the Giants. Uh, I... Uh, I, 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 both in terms of the jumpers, in terms of the the Guernsey, even the branding in general, it really is as if somebody just took the day off and they got someone else to do the work um, at the last moment. Like, ah, uh, it's so you don't like the big I, bold G of of the Giants. That's fair. Yeah, that's yep. a fair assessment. <laughs> yeah. I don't like the big G. Um, yep. Look, again, a stylized map of New South Wales, apparently. Uh, but a even stretch. still, yeah, it, my, that's a stretch. From my limited research, and, and you can definitely school me on my research because you clearly do it a lot better than I do, but what I've discovered so far in, in some preparation for some future episodes is that the Suns was very rushed, incredibly rushed. In yeah, fact, yeah. there was a time where they weren't even going to be the Suns. They were just going to be Gold Coast. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but I do believe that the Giants took their time and did a bit of um, mapping out and planning. I think they had a bit of a, a further... Um, uh, timing before their their introduction into the league to get it right, and right. from my my point of view, uh, I don't dislike the Giants, but I can clearly see that uh, that they had put at least some more time and effort into getting something that's coherent um, and relatively positive right. um, versus I, yeah the Suns, which is not so much. I would agree that they spent time. Uh, I'm not sure how useful the use of that time was. Uh, I mean, for example, you, you're obviously rugby league guys. There is a particular colour associated with New South Wales that I would have, and, and is is missing in Australian football with light blue, sky blue, call it what you like. There was every opportunity to be the sky blues, the the blues, the you know to wear light blue, and yet they chose orange. Um, orange probably looks okay on an American basketballer, perhaps, but uh, I don't know. It just doesn't. It just doesn't mm. come the across. A- it's it washed out the version that they've got of orange. It's not a bright orange. It's a faded orange. I don't know. It's just. Everything about it was a mess. The AFL definitely missed Mr. Beat when they aligned GWS in, you know, crosstown rivals with Sydney and Sydney wear red and Giants yeah. wear orange. And, and, that then was the other, and that was the other part to it too, yeah. And then and, the same element there with Gold Coast and Brisbane where they've gone mm-hmm. blue and yeah. red. That was an error. Yeah. That was exactly. a huge error. Exactly. Uh, yeah. What I will exactly. say about the Giants, yeah. um, you know, I tend to agree with you, Robert, but, you, you can't say that GWS doesn't own the colour orange in the Australian sports landscape. I mean, there's oh, a... I agree. The I agree. Yeah, no, they, they, they own the colour orange in AFL space, but they would have owned the colour light blue in the AFL space, and it's a colour associated with New South Wales. Can we quickly run through, and I'll just get a couple of words from you on each of the expansion clubs. Um, okay. Let's start with 1987. <laughs> Uh, just a couple of words on how you think they went at the time in terms of the branding, <clears throat> logos, colours. Only just a couple of words. We'll just fire through them. Oh, so, okay. Brisbane right. Bears. Oh, uh, well, 
a joke. I mean, that was <laughs> just tragic. I mean, it's not even a bear. It's a koala. I mean, it's just everything. I mean, that, well, the branding was... Okay, the branding was a koala. There's a bad start. Um, all of the merchandise came out in cerise and gold, not maroon and gold. So they actually changed the club colours to match the merchandise that they had on sale because everything was hot pink. Wow, that's a great, of, yeah. Instead of maroon. Yeah, yeah. You couldn't, you, you can't get a maroon and gold bears anything because it was all in a different colour. And it's, it's, I mean, that's so, a start, you know. Um, so it's sorry. just the execution that was all there because um, choosing the state colours aligns with what you think the Giants should have done. So if they'd done it right, yeah, could have been a pass, but just poor well, execution. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Associate right. with that which is already successful. <clears throat> West Coast Eagles. Uh, there's not much. I can't see much the West Coast Eagles have done wrong, really. I mean, in, Maybe the name in, West Coast was a bit Americanised, right. which uh, Dennis Gametti. Yeah, true. Yeah, true. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, I mean, if, if they were Perth, there's already a Perth football club and, and they have their own supporter base, so it's hard to know what else to call them. But poten- yeah. Potentially, uh, I, mean, I mean, I think that potentially were they the last of the clubs to create a sort of traditional uh, footy jumper design, which... Which they own, I guess. Wings, you mean? Yeah, the wings. Uh, Traditionally, in the sense of, uh, like you said about a toddler being able to draw it. I remember. Let's say Fremantle. Fremantle's try. Fremantle had the Chevron. anchor. Well, they had the anchor, the anchor first. Yeah. The anchor, you're right. Uh, the anchor is perhaps a little more difficult for a kid, but at least you can have a go at it. Uh, certainly, I mean, the Gold Coast Suns thing with the Photoshop Starburst. Mm-hmm. deal behind it is not going to count. Uh, realistically, in terms of that, you know, your nana could knit it and you could draw it with textures, the the Suns at least meets that criteria, even though, you know, it doesn't look much like anything. It doesn't look right. like a funny jumper. We'll give the Eagles oh. a tick then. Uh, yeah, I, I'd certainly give the Eagles a part. I mean, they were good on field, they were good off field. They were, you know, they were run by footy people. They were... They've been a success, you'd have to agree. Adelaide Crows? Would have been interesting if they'd gone with Sharks and the green and blue that they have. That's, uh, I think I've got that on the website somewhere. Yeah. And they, yeah, I guess they really banked on the fact that there was going to be another South Australian team. So they did the thing that I would be recommending the Giants and the Suns did, which is... They went with the state colours and everybody from the state, even whoever they supported, resonated. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And in a traditional look too with the old hoops. Yeah, correct. Um, I tend to agree with you. Frio would have been the next one. Uh, Yeah, Frio was next, 95. Um, I think that was a case of trying too hard. Too much. You know, all right, we've got Port, we've got Starboard, we've got an anchor, and then – East Fremantle and South Fremantle combined make purple. Plus, yeah. the, and the, oh, by the way, that's a faded, you know, workman singlet. It, I don't know. Just is your understanding that that purple is that legit or is that a bit of a myth? Are you, what's your understanding on the red, red plus blue equals purple? My understanding it was East and South. So that's correct. That's my understanding. Yeah, yep. but then when it was sold as not only is it East plus South, it's also um, a faded, you know, uh, workers singlet yep. that, Navy. that come out looking purple. Yep. Yeah, yeah, the navy singlets that fade to purple, and so oh, you you're kidding yourselves now, you know. You, all right, I, I bought the port and star, but okay, I'm happy with that. Now you're going with the anchor. Now we're going. It's yeah. And and Frio was one which there's a lot of concepts of logos and 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 jumpers that that have since been released, which make it even more interesting to think what if. Like I think the dolphins oh, and yeah, absolutely hammers. And, uh, there yeah. was a there was a thing done in one of the West Australian newspapers where people submitted their their ideas, and so I did them up as uniforms. Wow. All of their jumpers. I can send you those if you like. Uh, I'd love to see those. Of Please all do. of the, um, yeah, sure. I'll send them to Kit in Messenger. Uh, probably 
probably post them in here. But anyway, I'll um, yeah, I'll show you those. But they're, I mean, you know, the the Mariners or the, somebody did one as a um, like the Confederate flag. Uh, oh yes, yes, I have seen concept. that. Yeah, so uh, well, next one is stuff. obviously. Uh, I believe 97 was at Port Adelaide, Adelaide. which is a little more controversial and will lead to another question, which you could probably uh, guess what I'm going to ask, but uh, thoughts on the the Port Adelaide power and how they did it. Well, I don't watch a lot of SBS, so I... (laughs) (laughs) So I never really... um, I I don't know. Then Jumpers was nothing. It it was... some dollars marks on a thing. It was, yeah, it was nothing compared to realistically what would be the best jumper in football, which is a black jumper with the white, the thin white pylon stripes. You so know, you, prison bar. your opinion on the, whether the prison bar should be allowed to be worn, where do you stand on that? Uh, yeah, I, look, I, I to and fro on that, to be honest, because I know that they, there is a marketing uh, position of saying we are black and white stripes. This is our jumper, and Collingwood owned that, and have owned that, and then West Port Adelaide joined the competition with the uh, understanding and agreement we're not going to bring in that jumper. Now to then say, well, you can never ever wear that jumper. I think they should be able to wear it, certainly in games where Collingwood aren't, yep. and as long as it's not their primary jumper. So if it's their showdown jumper, knock yourselves out. That's my opinion, but, you know, it's not necessarily shared. Yep, and that sounds like it could be an Instagram quote, guys, because that'll really rustle up the uh, the Port Adelaide faithful. <laughs> <laughs> Note that um, one. And then next, obviously, we've spoken about the, the Suns and the uh, and the Giants. What, what, just out of curiosity, what different? What, what would you have done for the Suns? You've spoken a little bit about the Giants. What, what would you have done different for the, the Gold Coast Football Club? I'd have started by not having them as Gold Coast. I'd have... Uh, given the license to Southport, called them the Sharks, gone with the Southport gear. Southport Club is as big as, like, has a, the membership of um, the bigger AFL clubs. Now, fair enough, it's only five bucks, but you don't go to the footy. Yeah. Uh, Southport Club is as big a business as a mid range AFL club without having a football team. Add a football team to the Southport Club, and they could have been a success. The only As thing I'll is, say there is, uh, then would have three black and white wannabe football well, clubs Southport, in the AFL. Southport wear gold now, and Southport would have done anything to yep. join the AFL, but they would have had a white base, and then probably gold and black to go with that. Mm-hmm. So they would have been a more white based team. They would have been the Sharks. They would have had the same logo. They would have been the same, and they wouldn't have been, and they would have had the best kids in the country and Gary Ablett. Uh, that would have been a much better option than some soulless, faceless group of guys with no home ground. And you know, I, I guess the AFL was probably fearful of creating another Port Adelaide, uh, maybe even Redcliffe in the NRL, who's a, the newest expansion team. In terms of, if you're not a Southport supporter, perhaps you hate Southport, similar to the Port Adelaide situation. I'm oh, not sure. I'm not sure if that's a Queensland thing. I mean, who who now barracks for the Suns that wouldn't have bought into the Gold Coast slash Southport Sharks? Uh, I mean, who barracks for the Suns? Yeah, he's got even so, better question. <laughs> you know, both of their supporters uh, probably would have stuck with the sharks. It's that's unfair. I know that's unfair, but yeah, you know, as I understand it, they're gaining membership and so on. But as I say, I think if they'd been given, if they'd given the license to an existing club with a footy club, that would have been so much more successful. Mm. Yep. And hello to the the, uh, the Suns fans, who's another section of supporters who we've upset along the way. So. Uh, <laughs> Probably done so here again, but um, oh look, look, it's low hanging fruit, isn't it? Really, um, it is. Right. You know, they they haven't had a lot of success. Their uniforms. I mean, it's it's fair enough to say, you know, if your nan can knit it and a kid could draw it, but it doesn't necessarily mean that a kid has drawn it. 
And that really <laughs> oh, good one. Yeah. looks like what we've ended up with with the Suns. That might be another quote. Rob, <laughs> Rob, what would you do with Tasmania in terms, of, in terms of the, the Tassie, Tassie branding? Should they get a team? Hopefully they get a team. What, oh, they what? should have had a team all along, but I think they'll have one of the 18 that we've already got. If they got a new, uh, their own, yeah, their own, uh, their own team, how would you brand them? What would they be called? What would their their footy jumper look like? I think they'll look very similar to what they look like now, in the, in the colours. They'll probably add green to what they wear now, but I would say you're probably going to transfer one of the existing clubs. I don't think they'll start up another club, and the AFL will just push that to make it happen. And if they yeah. if they were to start their own club, what what do you think you'd be calling them? Oh, you'd probably call them Tassie, Tasmania. I think because the they're playing out the... of both. Oh, oh no, I think they'd be whoever they move. Be that kangaroos. I mean, I, I, they're an easy example because a they've got sponsorship down there and some links down there, you know, and been linked to them in the past. And that doesn't necessarily mean it's them, but I think they would be. Uh, that would be a, a possibility. I mean, realistically, Essendon might be a possibility. They do have a big supporter base in Melbourne, which would be put off by that. But, um, yeah, they, I think they'll move an existing club and they will retain that name. The only possibility where that wouldn't happen is if they move the Suns because Tassie Suns, you know, is anachronistic, isn't it? It's... <laughs> It doesn't. It's not sunny there. Uh, <laughs> but I, I don't know that they would move the Suns. I think they're too pig-headed to to say and admit they'd made a mistake well, with what they've done there. How much have they invested to date? Probably they want to see it through a little bit more. Um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Some sort of some sort of rapid fire questions. Um, have you done much designing outside of you know your footyjumpers.com work? Uh, any concepts that you've created along the way for shits oh, and giggles? Not really. I mean, mostly my stuff is, as I sort of mentioned earlier, replicating other people's work. You know, uh, you know, uh, the another quotable quote there: um, more a copy watchmaker than a Rolex manufacturer. Um, you know, I can take what other people have done and then say, well, you know, it looked like this but I'm not a designer as such. And, um, you know, I mentioned I do stuff for my own work and my own personal stuff where I'll, you know, I made my daughter's wedding invites and so on, but, uh, you know, those sorts of things. But, again, probably took someone else's ideas for the most part. Uh, Do you follow any other sports apart from, obviously, you mentioned horse racing? What other sports do you enjoy? Yeah, yeah. Well, the NFL, uh, I like to... Um, the Patriots in the NFL, uh, the, uh, the Arsenal in the Premier League, and uh, on the hockey here in Vancouver, the Canucks. Yeah, nice. Uh, NRL fans are sitting at home listening when they'll uh, get their NRL encyclopedia, NRL jersey encyclopedia website created, Rob. So that'll be your next. Uh... That, oh, that's, that's <laughs> your beyond next... me, I tell you. Uh, <laughs> you know the. Um... The English sort of British football one, Rob. The is it classic football shirts? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Yep, yeah, basically uh, similar to yours. Yep, yep. I uh, I know that fella, and at one point, um, I was using his template for the uniforms, and then I changed it to having a a little man. Uh, So. Yeah, just yeah. mapped it out a little better with with boots and so forth. But uh, I think that guy's name's David. Is it? Can't quite remember. But yeah, yeah, but I've been in contact with him, and um, he's really good. There's another one on all of the NHL uniforms, which might be called NHLuniforms.com. And there used to be an NFL football one, but I think that's either gone offline or, or at least I haven't seen it for some time. But they yeah, were brilliant. trying to do something like I've done, which is every uniform in every game. Mm. And it's a little more difficult over there uh, because, well, it's because it's in every city and the newspapers, you have to go to every city to get their newspapers to see what everyone's wearing. Whereas Melbourne was the home of the VFL and so, you know, there was a photographer at every game. 
Yeah. So, yeah, you just pick up one news, yeah, go on to Trove, go on to one newspaper and you can see the photos from 1928, et cetera. Was the, the man that you use on, on the website, the avatar, is that based off anyone in particular? That was my last oh, question to ask. Oh, him. sorry, oh, mate. Right. Um, that's bug eye girl. Uh, so there is the greatest cartoon series in the world called Red Meat, and Bug Eyed Earl is a character on Red Meat, and uh, I thought you might be asking it. So here's an example. Um, I took it easy today. I just pretty much laid around in my underwear all day. And then there's a pause, and he says, got kicked out of quite a few places, though. <laughs> uh, I've, I've got it up in front of me now. Yeah. That's just my sense of humour. And not only that, but he looks a lot like uh, the principal of my school when I was at school. Um, I've uh, I've, I've started telling a joke at the end of... I started telling a joke at the end of the podcast, not not anything decent, but um, it's sort of not too dissimilar to this, which I've just brought up of red meat. I'll read it out for you. I don't know about you, but I get at least a couple of these religious types knocking at my front door every week. I used to invite them inside, but I don't get that luxury no more. That holding pen in the basement is getting crowded and I can't afford no more of that canned type of pet food. <laughs> Very good, Rob. Yeah, so uh, yeah, so that's, um, that, that's, that's an insight into my sense of humour at least. And so I've had him there. Uh, at one point he was animated and he would blink just every now and then, just this mental blink. <laughs> But now it's now it's just a stare. Rob, uh, do you have any predictions on where you think, you know, AFL Guernsey design will head in in the future? Um, do, do you think? Predictions. I would probably think we're headed more towards what we talked about earlier, which is like templates and, you know, the sorts of designs that you see perhaps on a soccer kit for Adidas will work their way into a re-coloured. Uh, footy jumper. The other thing that I know the AFL was keen to do was to put sleeves on certainly the AFL W jumpers and then not only put sleeves on the jumpers but to put a sponsor patch on each of the sleeves. Like Uh, like the the NBA have done in recent, well, a few years ago now. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and Geelong wear for their, uh, Geelong wear them for their pre-season jumpers. But the women just said, no, we're not going to do that. We want footy jumpers and that's going to be that. So, but they kicked back about it. But that was uh, certainly because Cotton On were one of the manufacturers. I've seen some of the, um, well, I've got some of the artwork from some of the others that applied at the same time. And uh, Yeah, yeah. And they they had sleeves and... uh, they didn't have collars, yeah, but they they certainly had sleeves, and then they had a space for the sponsor to go. Mm-hmm. Do uh, do you think that's inevitable that we're going to see more sponsors added to the footy jumpers? I, like I would think what, so. What yeah. the NRL, you know, continues well, to do. Um, well, what the AFLW have done for season seven is uh, they've all got a Telstra logo, so they've got a company like a corporate sponsor for the whole league. So every one of their jumpers, a bit like uh, St Kilda and Gold Coast, have got a sponsor in the place of where the apparel sponsor would normally go. Uh, so I would think what that's probably the next logical place that sponsorship will go. And then most likely, you know, there'll be some, you know stuff, probably maybe two sponsors, like, you know, one above the other. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, don't see it ever going right across the front of the jumpers like the NRL, though. We'd hope not, surely. Oh, yeah. Well, hopefully we're long gone by then, at least, because I don't <laughs> think I could handle that. No, no. You guys were talking about your big footy avatar went before. I was trying to pencil the two together. I was. I, I asked the question around the man that you use on your on the footy hey. jumpers website. Uh, Shutterstock. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think I got him off Shutterstock. Okay, yeah, so he's not based I don't off know a, how many years ago. A player. He's not based off any particular player. No. No. Although people will tell me he is, <laughs> uh, but but no. Um, what, what player are I they throwing up? Was, uh, the guy from the Bulldogs, Easton Wood. 
Oh yeah, Mr. there is a most, bit. Of, yeah, <laughs> now that Eastern you mentioned Woods, that, yeah, uh, he's the one yep. that I get most references to. That uh, is great. Wow. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not. So, thank <laughs> you, too, Carrie White. Uh, that's him, mate. I'm sure of it. Probably, yeah. Well, I think it was actually designed by a Russian graphic designer. Um, I've I actually use some of his stuff for work. Uh, yeah, I build designs for our work stuff and then I put that guy next to them in various states of dress not undressed I mean as in he's got a polo shirt and pants or he's dressed as a policeman or he's dressed as a in a boiler suit uh and so I've yeah I've downloaded him for for work in the first instance and then thought yeah probably just use this for footy and I've done no. Uh, I couldn't tell you how many thousand uniforms I've made. Oh, actually, I can. 7,500. Is that how many it is? Wow. Yeah. Rob, yeah. Um, what about names on the back of Guernseys? Are we ever going to get to that point? We've obviously experimented uh, in a couple of yeah, rounds. Yeah, we are. Yeah, round five, 2014. That's when we're going to get to that. And that's it. That's, it's not, it's not coming back? No, no, no. There's no space. Um, it's all taken up by advertising now. It's they barely fit a number on there. So I mean when you've got you've got well, Geelong, for example, they got Ford on the above the number, then they got the number, then they got Ford underneath the number. Uh if they got a special jumper, they've got, you know, something on the bottom. He is risen for Easter or um let you know, whatever let give that they may grow for um what do you call it? The children's hospital, uh yeah, there's all, just all sorts of – that's a one-off, so I'm, I'm mucking around. But um, the front of the jumpers, you know, sponsors all over them as well. Mate, I, I, I get your point about not having space, but I can tell you where there's a where there's a financial will, there's a way. Just have a look at the right. New South Wales Blues State of Origin. I would suggest Jersey. to you that <laughs> the, the other reason that it won't happen is that the product as it stands gives the revenue to the club. So if you've got a Richmond jumper – and they sell that at Rebel Sport, for example. Uh, the AFL, they take 15% of the wholesale price of that product. With that 15%, they give two-thirds of it to the club that's involved and they, give, and they keep one-third of it for themselves. So if that product is not a Richmond jumper, even though it's got number four on the back, if it also has Martin written across the mm -hmm. top, that means it's a Dustin Martin product, which means Richmond don't get the money, or Richmond don't get all the money, Dustin Martin gets some of the money. So it's actually in the club's interest to not do that because now they're keeping all the money and Dustin Martin doesn't get the custom jobs. Gosh, there's an argument there that the number itself is, is enough of an identifier well, for the player, yeah, isn't there? But the thing is, is that Dustin Martin, let's say he goes to Brisbane next year and the, the Richmond jumper's still got number four on it. Is it Royce Hart? Is it Matthew Rogers? They're all number four at Richmond. Now, fair enough, they aren't the Richmond jumper that, you know, with the NIB sponsorship and all that sort of business. But the argument is the, the number four on a Richmond jumper belongs to Richmond. The number four with Dustin Martin's name on it belongs to Dustin Martin. Yeah, that's a fair amount. Um, I, I accept that point, but I can tell you from an NRL point of view, obviously the NRL has squad numbers in terms of specific players' numbers. One right. of the big reasons why the NRL doesn't want to do uh, player numbers, you know, you play for the Cronulla Sharks and you're number 33, yeah. is because that would mean that they'd have to pay revenue for, for numbers on backs even without having a name across the back. Right, okay. Yep. Yeah, so yep. um, interesting thing to think about, but, you know, great point brought up by yourself is that, yeah, it'll mean more money to the players and less to the club yeah. and or <laughs> AFL. Yeah, and, um, yeah, they're like that guy in Idiocracy. They they like money. I, I like money. That's, <laughs> that's, that's AFL, that's AFL clubs, that's, you know, yeah. Brilliant. Um, I, hope that's not, I hope that's not an obscure reference, but uh, it's – I watched that not too long ago. Idiocracy, it's a documentary from the future. That's what that is. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. um, Rob, what was the first Indigenous AFL jumper? Richmond. 
Um, yeah, you, so you, Richmond were the first team. Uh, yep. I think that was when they had it as a clash jumper. Now I'm going to have to look it up because I don't. I, I have this stuff on the website, so I don't have to look it up. I don't have to remember it off the top of my head. But Richmond and Essendon were playing, you know, an an indigenous game or, or uh, dream time at the G, they called it. So the first one was 2011. Okay. And that was the first jumper. Now, even in 2011, I'm pretty sure Essendon didn't have an Indigenous jumper that year, and they had their first design in 2014. 2011. So, yeah. So 2011, oh, Richmond started wearing a jumper with Indigenous artwork on it, and initially that was just a design over the top of the sash. That was for the first two years. Then the sash was sort of made up of boomerangs and let's call it other artwork. And then 2014, when Essendon first wore a clash jumper, sorry, wore an Indigenous art jumper, Richmond's were wearing their clash jumper, which had the yellow sides and a yellow top to it and was all over the place. Yeah, Uh, awesome. And what was the first year where we saw sublimated AFL jumpers? The pre-season of 95 for just pre-season. Um, they tended to, to stay with the acrylic jumpers throughout the actual season. But 95 is when you get that Hawthorne diamond thing, uh, the Fitzroy one with the chevrons. That's when the first sublimated jumpers were used. And then it was almost a rule of thumb that when it was a hot day, they wore the sublimated jumpers. And when it was a cooler day, they wore the acrylic jumpers. Well, that's um, great. So 96 is when you really saw certain players wearing the sublimated jumpers all year and other players wearing just the the old acrylic ones. And that would have been the same depending on the manufacturers. Like some manufacturers, they just said, there's your new kits, that's it. So like Nike, for example. So North Melbourne in that era, uh, they all were wearing the sublimated jumpers but they were playing against Melbourne, which was a mix, yep. for example. Um, but 2000 would have been the first real season where absolutely everybody, because they had the new jumpers, because they had the AFL logo on them, uh, that was the sort of the impetus to say, right, the old acrylic ones, they're going in the, well, aflauctions.com.au is where they ended up. But uh, that was, yeah, that was what happened. Yeah, brilliant. Um, and... Uh, can you share with us one or a couple of your favourite stories relating to a, a Guernsey or a design or something like that? Something that if you're a well, you know guest speaker at a sportsman's night or something, just an interesting yarn that you've, well, you've probably heard. The one, the, probably the one that, well, there's a few. Uh, the jumper that killed a guy, that's, that's a good start. So Fred <laughs> Phillips, yeah, right, exactly. So... It's always an interesting introduction, isn't it? So Fred Phillips played for St Kilda. He played for Victoria. You know, he's a bit of a gun. He got appointed the captain coach of Hawthorne for 1933. And however it transpired, he had a ball that had burst on his elbow. And it's something to do, some sort of work injury. At any rate, he went to training. They, they got out their new mustard jumpers that they were going to wear for the 1933 season and the dye from the jumper got into the open wound that was on his elbow and he died from septicemia. He went to footy training on like a Monday or a Tuesday and on the Friday he died. And so, yeah. So, I mean, if any of the relatives of Mr. Phillips were, yeah, with us, apologise if that's upsetting, but that's... What year was that, Rob? 1933. Wow. So they wore those jumpers that season and then, perhaps not surprisingly, ditched them and went back to their old jumpers for 34. That's so that was that one. And then the other one is the same sort of era. And this is in an era where clubs were really trying to identify themselves and um, be a little bit out there. Um, so Hawthorne did that and they were called the Mustard Pots based on that gold jumper and... I guess the name sort of stuck, even though the jumpers didn't. But uh, Footscray, and the reason I know this is my grandfather had two brothers and they both were on the executive or the, the board of Footscray at different times. And in 1935, they decided they're going to spend some money. They got 
Coventry from Collingwood to come in as coach. Uh, I think they got a few players and they changed their jumpers to what they, or sort of what they wore in Heritage Round. It was like a blue jumper with red and white stripes and it also had a yoke. And Uncle Hubert, which was my mum's uncle, my grandfather's brother, he used to come to Christmas and tell us about, when we gave him a few red wines and we'd say, tell us about the Footscray jumpers. He was part of a group of, like a coterie group that arranged for the dry cleaners to shrink them and ruin them. (laughs) So they went to the dry cleaners and said, look, you're going to, we want you to wreck these jumpers. And they're like, well, you know, we'll lose our business with the footy club. No, don't worry about it. We'll, you know, and they paid for the, because they said, you know, you'll offer to buy us new jumpers. They paid for the jumpers, which the dry cleaner then said to the footy club, yeah, these jumpers have shrunk them. And uh, so that was the story of why they only wore them for the one season. And they went back to, the old jumpers that they'd been wearing in 34 for the next year. Sabotage. Yeah. Wow. So they're the, they're the two interesting ones that I've, well, I mean, I come across, as I say, we gave Uncle Hubert enough red wine at Christmas. He'd love telling that story. That's superb. It's, it's always, I know we always find it interesting when our niche little interest and niche little, or we call it a hobby, it's a career for, for us, but, uh, enters the mainstream, like obviously the Manly Pride has done in recent times. But um, right, yeah. Remember that. Remember that. Uh, remember that time when Richmond and Port Adelaide played off in that first final, and there was that mad dash to get Port's prison bars printed in Fiji. Yeah, right. yep. I remember. Yep. Remember that getting a little bit of mainstream coverage. There's a, a few examples like the Power Ranger uh, jumper being so heinous that all of a sudden Seven News puts an article up about it. So it's always that little bit of pride and interest when uh, our niche little <laughs> hobby hits the mainstream. So Yeah, it's it's, it's true. Brilliant. Um, well, guys, have you guys got any further questions or have uh, been going no. for a couple of hours? Yeah, I think that pretty much sums it up for me. Thank you. Oh, mate, uh, yeah, great. great to have a listen and, and learn. Absolutely loved it, mate. And, um, you know, it's on behalf great. of behalf of us thank you very much for your time and thank you for the the countless uh, i'd imagine it'd be in the hundreds of hours that you've probably spent on footyjumpers.com oh at least yeah could be thousands um, it's as, uh, as i mentioned to you and i'm sure i'm not alone it's been a, a a big inspiration in how i've you know come to be where i am so you know thank you on that on that uh angle of things but is there anything that you want to want to promote or want to plug or, or you know, uh, want the I audience think so. to know. I mean, you can, um, I mean, well, given this is in the podcast format, uh, we're I'm doing a podcast uh, right now. It's the footyjumpers.com podcast. And, uh, yeah, we try and get it out every couple of weeks. Uh, the first season has been on the history of uh, the uniforms in Australian football. And so, I think we're up. We've done episodes up to eleven, and we've probably got a couple more to go to finish out the history of footy. But um, yeah, we, again, it's the stuff I found interesting. Uh, if you're interested in this, in the history of the way, or the the way that ch- things have changed over the history of the sport, uh, then yeah, have a listen. There'll be plenty of listeners that will. Yep. Yep. Thanks again, mate. And uh, don't be a stranger. It's been fantastic. Absolutely not. Touch. Well, thanks, guys. This has been great. Thanks, Thank Rob. you so much, Rob. Fantastic. All right. Good on you guys. Talk to you again. See ya.